Hi everyone, Ashley Brown here. Welcome to Hawks Insiders. This is our final post-game review podcast for 2022. At least for men's, who knows what will happen down the track with the AFLW. But uh, a uh, well, another one of those games at Hawthorne. You know, wouldn't be all that disappointed with a 23-point loss to the Bulldogs, 12-15-87 to 10-4-64 at Utah Stadium in a farewell game for James uh, for Ben McAvoy, the debut game for Ned Long and uh, Jack Saunders, which we'll get to very shortly. Joined, as always, by fellow principals of the Hawks Insiders, Andrew Weiss, hello. Good evening, Ash. I feel like it's going to be another one of those reviews where, uh, despite the result, we'll find plenty of positives to take out of it and into the preseason. So... Not the best game of footy, but hung in there, stuck around and gave it a fair crack. So enough to like. And yeah, should be a good hour coming up. Uh, Darren Levine, hello. Hi, Ash. Hi, Andrew. Yeah, definitely a lot more positives, I think, to take out from this game than there was from last week. And yeah, really pleased with how we finished the year. I thought that was a pretty decent performance. Yes, yeah, a bit to get through, um, and we will get straight into it. Uh, we do it in numerical order, and I'm doing it, and I'll try and miss someone as we go along. We'll start with Harry Morrison, who uh, was number one for Hawthorne. He had 17 disposals, of which 16 were kicks, eight marks, three tackles, kicked a goal. He had um, only three contest possessions. He took uh, all his marks were uncontested. He had 424 metres gained. He uh, had 94, 94 fantasy points, those who played that. Uh, we'll start off with you, Weesey. Yeah, I wasn't that impressed with Harry's game this week. I, I definitely don't think it was one of his best games for the season. The goal he kicked was nice where he was running inside 50 and got the, the handball from Brewsty. Uh, I think you could see Jack Saunders, who who'd made the run in front of him, was probably a bit disappointed because he was streaming in as well. Um, he only went at that 58% disposal efficiency. And, and that's the thing for me. You mentioned the 16 kicks. So he's had 16 kicks and only half of them, or just on half of them have been... Um, effective from a from a disposal point of view. So I think that's something that, you know, he proved this year he can get enough of it. He can kick a goal here and there. I think for next season, the big thing will just be increasing that that efficiency so that he's a bit more damaging with it. Uh, I gave him a five and a half out of 10 for today. Um, I'm going to preface this, if we remember it with every ranking, um, uh, will he be best 22 next year? Yeah, I I wouldn't at the start of the season I wouldn't have I wouldn't have put any money on it. I wouldn't have suggested that he would be. I'm not even sure if I had him in my best 22 at the end of last year heading into this year, but based on what we've seen, you know, his his work this season, he's definitely done enough and for me he, you know, he definitely definitely starts and and will be an important part of the squad going forward. Dad, Tom Mitchell, 19 disposals, which was seven kicks, 12 handballs, three marks, seven tackles, 68% disposal efficiency, 13 of his possessions were contested, one turnover, three intercept possessions, six score involvements to Tom Mitchell, 85 minutes, 29 seconds, or 118, 14 on the ground, which is interesting. 
just 92 metres gained. Absolutely terrible kick for goal. He did at one stage as well. Just totally shanked it. Uh, what did you make of that game? And will we see him in the Hawthorne team round one, 2023? Um, yeah, I feel like I've been pretty hard on Tom Mitchell this year. And that game really just showed how he just does not fit into the future of the club, unfortunately for Tom. Great player in his prime. Um, great player in a, a particular era of midfielders that don't, don't really... I just don't think he's what we need now. And it's going to be really interesting to see what happens um, post-season with Tom. Because I, I just think it doesn't, he doesn't seem to be in Sam's plans really either. He's not spending a lot of time on ground. You know, going 19 disposals for 92 metres gained. I know that's not his game, but really, yeah, just very disappointing. And I'm not really sure where he goes from here. So I'm going to give him a four. Oh, you're on mute. I'm on mute, sorry. 30, that's what happens when you have a glass of water. 33, uh, James Sicily, number six, Andrew. 33 disposals, 28 kicks, five handballs, 17 marks, two tackles, did not score. 91% uh, defensive half. I know he was on the ball for briefly some stage in the last quarter. Nine contested possessions. He had um, seven turnovers, nine intercept possessions, two score involvements. He had 748 metres gained, which is quite remarkable. It's the highest figure I can recall anyone at Hawthorne I'm checking these stats for the year. Um, he had, um, yes, yeah, so one set of bounce attendance in the last quarter, as noted by Dermot on the commentary. A, uh, we know he's going to be hitting Hawthorne next year. Uh, what you make of his game? Yeah, it was brilliant. Fantastic, I thought. Um, I mean, he's been going at five, six, seven hundred metres gained with his eyes closed. I think he had a, th a thousand plus earlier this season. Um, and, you know, granted, there are a couple of occasions where he gets it and just smacks it long and you, you look forward and go, OK, like that that's the wrong option because it might be three on one and the ball comes back, but at least he kicks it 60 metres away. It's not as a result of a short chip or miss kick trying to find someone close. So you're not actually automatically back in trouble. He's absolutely brilliant today, like commanding, commanding the defensive zone, helping the other defenders, just was an absolute general back there and, solidified a couple of things for me number one that he'll be all Australian and absolutely should be and number two that he's he's the next captain of our football club in my mind he's that far ahead of any other candidate to take the role on both in terms of what he's done as a leader what he's done in terms of the quality of his performance consistently the whole season so I've given him a nine out of ten I'm a bit worried about the uh, the late love for Sam Taylor for the Giants. Very, very good player, of course. And uh, which smacks of the late love for Andrew McGrath in 2017 that uh, cost Ryan Burton his deserving Rising Star nomination. So we will wait and see. Wednesday night being the Australian, the, the AFL Awards. We'll see whether Sis gets his first blazer. Interesting to note that Sam Mitchell just came out categorically post back and said, and I'm looking forward to him receiving 
his first All-Australian uh, selection uh, on Wednesday night. So Mitchell's campaigning continues. All power to him. Uh, Daz, Ben McAvoy, the now retired captain of the Hawthorne Football Club, five disposals, two marks, two goals. Um, he had, uh, if, let's see, uh, the 34 metres game, poor old uh, big boy, 21 hit outs in his last game. As a ruckman, he had uh, 11 set of bounce attempts, 44 ruck contests. Uh, apart from the goals, he didn't sort of have a whole lot of impact on the game in his last game for the club. No, he didn't, but I'm going to give him a 10. He's had a brilliant <laughs> career. He's got a, he's had one, one, two flags, um, kicked two goals in his last game, which is awesome. And um, we're going to miss him. And I think I would have loved for him to go around for another year. Just You just see the impact on Max Lynch and Ned Reeves and what a positive impact he's had. I was actually lucky enough to be at the Box Hill Hawks President's um, luncheon yesterday and Ned Reeves spoke about Big Boy's impact on him and his career so far. And it's just a shame that he's, he, he, you know, for whatever reason is, is, is calling time in his career now and couldn't go around for another year because I think we'll really miss him on this. His leadership around the ground and, and, you know, it's not a high possession game, but I just, I do feel like he had um, an impact. So... Yeah, definitely going to miss him. Number 10, Jago Mira, 20 disposals, um, seven marks, four tackles, kick a point. He had 12 contested possessions. He had um, 431 metres gained, three clearances. One of those was a centre clearance. He had four tackles. He had 15 centre bounce attendances, which makes him the clubhouse leader at this stage. For those, uh, Andrew. One of the beauties of Daz getting Tom Mitchell and being able to say what he thinks every week is usually that translates into me getting Jager and me being able to say what I think. And we're usually at, at, at opposite ends of the spectrum because there's another, it was another nothing game for me. Um, he's, he's attended the most centre, centre bounce, centre bounce attendances. Is that what you just said, Ash? Yeah. Well, so far of what we've been through, I imagine you can probably beat him. And we got absolutely slaughtered in the middle, like yeah. absolutely smashed at the contested ball. So, I'm, I mean, I understand that there's a role for him to play because he's got a big, mature body and he isn't scared to throw that around. And you can't just start uh, McDonald and Ward and Newcomb and Moore in the middle every single week. Like, you, you you can't do that. You've got to have protection around them. So I understand that there's a role, but yeah, he just gets a pass mark for me because he, he did enough in terms of getting it, but he had zero impact on the game today and, and the centres where we got absolutely slaughtered. His last, he's had a good season. I'd say he's, best, he's had his best season at the club. His last couple of weeks have been pretty disappointing. Just those clearance stats. The dogs on the clearance is 49-22, centre clearance is 17-6, and inside 50s was 71-39. So that's an to... absolute mauling. That's an absolute belting. And uh, sadly, a couple of our experienced midfielders were uh, paid to all that. Connor Nash, Darren, 16 disposals. He had five marks, six tackles. He went at 69% disposal efficiency, four turnovers, four intercept possessions. He had uh, five marks, none were contested. 
one clearance. He had four centre bounces, tennises, so he didn't do much of the midfield stuff that he normally does. How do you rate his game? Yeah, I thought he was okay. I mean, 50th game and all credit to him because I think he's earned every one of those games, really. You know, to, to get to that milestone as an Irish player, it's um, pretty pretty um, amazing achievement. Um, and he's had a good year. I, I don't think he was incredible today, but it, was, it, it wasn't a bad game from Connor. And um, I think he's definitely going to be in Sam Mitchell's plans next year. I think he's a pretty unique player um, and can play... A role that's that's not a lot of players in our, in our list can can do that sort of physical um, mid, midfielder. There's aside from Jay Jager, as we just mentioned, there's not a lot of physicality about our midfield and Jai, and that's probably where it ends at the moment. So he's an important player for for the interim. Don't know if he's part of our next premiership, but um, yeah, it was it was, a, it was an okay game. So I'm going to give him a six. I'd like to think that Ned Long will take his place in the team eventually. They could be similar sorts of players, but mm. certainly similar size. What we don't have, what Hawthorne doesn't have enough of is those taller midfielders. I'm not saying he's the, any of the ilk of Patrick Cripps, but they need a Patrick Cripps style midfielder in there. And uh, it's probably the stage out of Long and uh, Nash for that role, but uh, certainly Nash has had a pretty good season and uh, the decision late of 2021 to Make him a midfielder has paid off. He's had, he's had a good year. Um, Andrew, Will Day, 25 disposal, five marks, two tackles, 72% uh, disposal efficiency, nine contested possessions, four, three, six, uh, three turnovers, six intercept possessions, two score involvements, one contested mark, four, 466 metres gained. Um, how do you think he played and how do you think he finished the season? Yeah, I think similarly to when we get to DGB, like seeing him do this in the last game of the season should be extremely encouraging and heartwarming because he made a couple of he made a couple of shocking mistakes that the Will Day of two years ago you just wouldn't expect to make. But on the other hand, like fancy talking about the Will Day of two years ago when he's literally just turned 21 years 21 years old so um he's a massive part of that back unit today that kept us in it like to only lose by four goals with some of those figures that you just mentioned is unbelievable and he's rebounding and um his effort across the back back flank and, and back line today was was fantastic so a great way for him to finish off the season uh, I've given him a seven and a half out of 10. Dylan Moore does 19 disposals, 10 marks, zero tackles, 74% disposal efficiency, four contested possessions. He had two turnovers, one intercept possession. Um, he had three score involvements. He had one contested mark. He had seven centre bounce attendances. So he kicked the obligatory goal. What do you make of his games? Yeah, did he get a couple goals in the end? Maybe. Yeah, two. Yeah, that one one kind of open goal and, and and another another one on the run, I think maybe. But yeah, Dill, it's great to see actually him getting amongst the goals. And 
I think if if there's anything, you know, there's a, there's a lot of knocks on our midfield, and one of them is we just don't get goals from midfield like other clubs kind of do. Um, so yeah, for for Deal to to play through there and get a couple of goals, I think it's a great result, and it's just caps off a a really really good year for him and just one of our most important players. Um, you know, a bit quiet in the third. I think he only had one touch in the third quarter, but really came home strong in the last quarter with eight touches. And um, he's an, a mercurial talent. And I think when he starts adding a bit more kind of consistency there in, in his game and doesn't sort of disappear from games, I think that's still something he needs to work on. Um, he's going to have a he's going to have a great year next year. And he's probably going to play through the midfield more, I'd say. So, going to give him a seven. I think your point about consistency is right with Moore because there are times when you think, geez, he's been a bit quiet, but he's, he's never quiet the whole game. He'll fight, he, has a patch in, he has patches in games where he disappears and he has patches in games where he's absolutely everywhere. And that's been his go for a couple of years now. So, yeah, he probably needs to even it out a bit, you know, perhaps have the, you know, there might be a few less damaging patches, but there needs to be time in the game where he does a bit more. But I think, Hopefully that will come to him. It's been an outstanding season from him. He won't make the uh, All-Australian 40 squad, I wouldn't think. But if they were doing a squad of 50, he'd be uh, he'd be getting there close. But interesting to see whether he makes Robbo's top 50 list. Probably not. Um, he doesn't play for oh, but Or Kane Corns' elite footballers in the competition list. <laughs> That's right. Well, That's not happening, yeah. Just one of those players, I think, who only Hawthorne players really rate, yeah. unfortunately. The next couple of players fit that bill as well, I think. Uh, Jack Scrimshaw, uh, Andrew, 20 disposals, four marks, two tackles, kicked them behind. Um, he had six contested possessions. He had um, four score involvements. He took four marks, all not uh, uncontested. 379 metres gained is interesting to note as well. Four one percenters, six kick-ins, three kick-in play, plays on. Uh, Mr. Longsleeves, I think it's the first time he's worn long sleeves. Is that right? Yeah, that I can remember. And I think that's the best stat of the day. Two long sleeves uh, definitely stuck out in those long sleeves in the back line. Look, again, I don't think it was an exceptional game, but he certainly was part of that crew mopping up so often across the half back line and um, definitely used it well. Um, He's, he's definitely going to become a leader through that back line as well. Um, yeah, I, it was neither here nor there. I gave him a 7 out of 10. That's a pretty good mark for neither here nor there. Um, number 15, well, 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 his good games, I mean, his really good games, we, you know, we bring, in, bring him in at an 8, eight and a half. And we, we talked a lot throughout this year and, and last year about where he'd finish in the PCM because he's just so consistent. So, like, his bad games get him down to a, a, you know, a five or a five or a six. So, somewhere right in the middle, it was it was a game. Dad, Blake Hardwick, talk him up. 26 disposals, 21 kicks, five handballs, 14 marks, four tackles, 85% disposal efficiency, seven contested possessions, three turnovers, eight intercept possessions, um, all his marks were uncontested. 416 metres gained. 
another great game from someone who's had a fantastic season. Here's the one I would like to see in the All-Australian squad. Um, Sicily will get in for sure. Um, Hardwick should be in there. I haven't been going to ask my good mate, Jared Healy, what he's thinking is about uh, Hardwick, as tempted as I, as I have been. Um, but he played well again today. Did you take him to the cleaners today? I don't know. I think he played. Did he play on? Who did he play on? Hunter. Darkly? I think he started on uh, Waitman, but DGB spent a lot of time. DGB there. was on Waitman, yeah. But but he spent a lot of time just free in the back line. He did. He did. And he, you know, when you think about the sheer amount of inside fifties they had, you know, that I don't have a differential in front of me, but it was enormous and. You know, without Blake Hardwick, obviously he had a lot of he had a lot of help too. But God, like the the guy, I run out of superlatives for him as a defender, but then also someone that can thrust us forward and just win the ball. You just know that he's going to win every one on one. If the All Australian was actually awarded on on merit, he'd be in he'd be in the team for sure because I don't think there's a better defender a better kind of lockdown defender in the AFL. And he's, he's added strings to his bow this year as well in terms of his ability to rebound the ball out of our, um, out of our back line. So, yeah, it's eight and a half. I wonder um, if he's got maximum votes today in PCM voting. And obviously Sicily had a great game as well. Just going into the last round, like, is that... Was that enough? Was that the one? Because he's obviously been there and thereabouts. He's had an unbelievable season. That might have just been the cherry on top to get him get him a, a Crimmins medal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, I was going to say, I mean, I, I think it, it, Sis has probably got it, but it's going to be close. I think he's, he's top two for sure. Um, what are you going to say, I, Ash? Uh, I well, looking at the next year, uh, I hope he'll be vice captain next year. I think he's well and truly at that as well. I think he's such an important, uh, important part of the side, and he's had, just had a great year and shows enormous, if understated, leadership to the side. On, so I hope that's rewarded. I think it's the sort of, sort of uh, stuff that Sam Mitchell likes. On that one, Ned Reeves had mentioned um, Blake Hardwick as a smoky for captain, so. I think he's highly rated within within the mm. club as well. And I think he's got leadership ambitions too. So yeah, we'd love to we would love to see him rewarded for what's been a brilliant year. And number 15 is Captain Forthorn again. Who knows that might happen? Uh, next player is Daniel Howe. What we all probably think will be his last game for the football club. He was sort of given, I think I suspect this was an unofficial farewell game and it's sort of a Typical Dan Howe game. Did a few uh, nice bits of play, uh, a sly punch that may or may not get noticed by the uh, match review officer at some stage. You call it clumsiness or something a bit more than that. Uh, 24 disposals, seven marks, three tackles, did not score, mainly defensive half, 71% disposal efficiency, seven contested possessions, three turnovers, four intercept possessions, um, two score involvements. Actually, not a bad game. I look at the figures. 175 metres gained. 
say, gives a farewell, Weezy, to a, a, a foot soldier of the football club who probably won't be there next year? Yeah, I think uh, how many games has he ended up playing for his career? Well, you look that up, Ash. Um, I, that up. I, I feel like he had a lot of it early and there were a few times, especially in the first quarter, it was like, oh, oh yeah, Dan Howe's playing for us. Um, I, I don't I don't think he had a massive impact. I, I'm pretty surprised to see him have the 24 touches. I think most importantly, uh, there's actually a really good account on Twitter, which is the last time, the last touch a soccer player had for their soccer team. It's awesome. And his last touch today was actually uh, the last disposal of the entire game. So I noticed that and thought, you know what, that that's fitting. He has been a foot soldier. I think in years to come, uh, what will he have played, Ash? Out of 70 or 80 games? Yeah, I can't find anybody's stat. But I feel like uh, me what I need, but yeah. I feel like in years to come, he'll be one of those players who um, uh, 72 career games, so this must have been his 73rd. He'll be one of those players where you go, oh, I can't believe you played that many senior games when, you, when you're looking back. Um, but yeah, he's he's been an important part of the squad over the years. Just hasn't quite taken that next next step between um, what he can do at BFL level and what he can do at AFL level. But you know, to get seventy plus games into a career is always a testament to to what you can do. So uh, wish him well, and uh, I think it's pretty unlikely we'll see him on another list next year. Let's hope he does have a son who's a star. <laughs> <laughs> down the track or we're meeting him like just missed out Noah Anderson um, do you have a ranking? Uh, give him a 6 out of 10 Max Lynch 11 disposals um, 2 marks 2 tackles did not score he had uh, 7 contested possessions um, that's cut to 178 metres gained 94 minutes of 118 on the ground. So he was there quite a lot. He had uh, two clearances. He had 21 hitouts. He had uh, 40, uh, 13 center bounce attendances, 42 ruck contests. Good to have maximum lunch back, Daz. Um, good to be reminded that there is something there, as we saw earlier in the year, in the fleeting appearances he has made for the club. There is something there, something to work with, you think? Absolutely. Yeah, I really rate him. Big fan. I've always been a big fan of Max. And he kicked a beautiful goal last last week for Box Hill just on, on the run of Banana. And it just kind of shows that he's he's raw, but he, he, he can do things that are a bit unexpected. Uh, he's got a good footy brain. Um, some of his tap work I thought was really good today. Um, there, was, there was one moment, I think, when he gave it off to Mitchell and just kind of set us off from the, from, from the back there. Um, so yeah, it was, it's just a, a shame really that he had such a unlucky year and that the season's ending now because he could have probably built and, and put a decent patch of footy together, but I um, hope he has a good preseason and he's, he's really crucial now for us next year. Um, Is he and, eligible? I couldn't find that out actually. You had one piece of homework yesterday while you were yeah. doing the steak and the salmon and the free beers courtesy of Ed Seal. I think I think it was Danny <laughs> Prince, Prince's homework that he said. Oh, right, so okay. I'm putting it on Princey. 
find out. But um, quite possibly, and I hope he actually does play in the VFL finals because they missed him massively uh, yesterday with with some of the, the big Swans boys out there. So, yeah, just looking forward to him playing in tandem with Ned Reeves next year. And I think if they can stay fit, that goes a long way in helping us win that midfield battle, um, which we're getting absolutely monstered in at the moment. Well, he'll be up against the great Ned Moyle in the uh, VFL next week with the Hawks playing Gold Coast. That's right. And according to Daniel Prince, that should be our number one sort of trade target, <laughs> target. over the next period. <laughs> yeah, forget everyone else getting Ned Moyle to approach and get Ned. Um, Jack Gunston, 13 disposals, seven marks, one tackle, four goals, including absolute beauty where he basically was in a four-on-one against him and he somehow ended up with a goal. It was... Absolute Jack Gunson at his best. And I felt like watching that goal, a bit like I felt when the day Buddy leapt over the Collingwood players at the MCG and kicked his last, his last really great goal for Hawthorne, thinking, God, it's a bit sad. Is this the last time we're going to see Jack doing that in the brown and gold? Uh, three, uh, 13 disposals, three were contested. He had uh, five turnovers, no inset possessions, four score involvements, 291 metres gained. Um, a terrific game. Who, who are we up to? Weezy. Yeah. I mean, I had moments today where uh, certainly the last few weeks with the talk starting about trades and contracts and the notion that, okay, it feels like one of Gunston or Brewster are off. And obviously with Gunston, we're not going to get anything for him because of free agency and even if we're getting a Carl Lehman, the watered-down compensation that, that there would be, which would be minimal anyway. Um, but watching today, uh, and he's always been my, I'd rather get rid of Gunston than Bruce. Bruce is going to kick his guaranteed 40 and play every game. And um, it's always been, I get rid of Gunston. And today, uh, like, it was totally flipped in terms of, not that there's anything we can do about it now, but we just can't actually afford for him to go, can we? Like what he will give well, to... Well, here's my question for both of you, because yeah, I think you're both absent from the spaces of Thursday night, but so it would be a talking point, but I'll get your views now. Who, If you had to keep one, who would it be out of Bruce and Gunston? Jack Gunston, just the easiest answer ever for me, really, because it's not just Jack Gunston. I mean, he's such a tricky player to, to defend on, um, and I think with our, with our developing forward line, we just need him in there. We need his size. Um, and we don't really have a lot of players coming. Jack has switched back now, so we don't really have many players sort of challenging um, for that role because he's kind of dropped down in form a little bit. So it's got to be Gunston. And he offers so much leadership as well for the club. Um, you know, Luke Bruce, I just don't think he's ever really had leadership leadership ambitions and we've got two you know young stars in the making in Brockman and Butler sort of challenging for that role so yeah it's Gunston for me yeah uh, I'm gonna go the other way around I'm pretty sure you'll go to Gunston because he's one of your Ash he's one of your um oh you've always had a soft spot for Jack oh, I'm, uh, I'm a huge Jack Gunston fan I think, I think he's, yeah I think he's a star I just, for me, and, and I preface it by saying now, I actually don't want to lose them both. And funnily enough, 
if you talk to me about Jager or Tom Mitchell or even oh, even Chad to an extent, like I, I don't want Bruce and Gunston to go, but if it had to be one of them, Bruce, uh, Bruce the, I think, uh, other than the, that was the season that was a season like no other. Um, he's playing 19 or 20 plus games every, every season. And so Jack's injuries and amount of game time that he's missed over the last few years. I think he ended up playing 15 this year, um, but even still uh, it makes a big difference. The, the notion that over the next two, three, four years, you're still going to be able to get 20 games a season and and 30 to 50 goals out of Brewsty would I'd choose him. But but it's lying ball. I think he could make valid arguments either way. Uh, Luke Bruce had 10 disposals. Um, he had three marks. He did not score. He uh, went at 50, 50% disposal efficiency. He had um, two score involvements, one goal assist, 240 metres gained. Um, wearing a glove today as well, which is a little bit unusual for him, I thought. It looked a bit jarring to me watching it on the screen. Um, who are we up to? Yeah, we're up to me. And I, I wonder if the glove, there must have been some issue with the finger or something because he, he didn't seem his normal self. Today, that maybe the glove was putting him off. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, just you know, one of those games where he didn't really have his cameo moments, and so he had didn't have much impact. And the game did a few nice things, some good pressure acts, but um, you know, the fact that he's kicked 40 goals, which is I think his highest since 2018 when he was all Australian. You know, there is a, a bit a very strong argument to be made for for Luke Bruce kind of us doing whatever we can to keep him on. And, and I'm definitely in that camp, but I'm still of the opinion that if it's out of the two of them, it's got to be constant. Also, if you get rid of Gunn, if, if, you, if you have to lose one of them, you want to lose Bruce, because he's under contract, you get a pick for him. So Gunn's in the free agent. So True. Also that, from a list management point of view, none of them walk in for it to be Bruce, because Bruce probably will command a... We debated this last week on our WhatsApp, but he, he would command probably a. You know, you'd like to get some between pick twenty and thirty for him. I don't think he's going into state though. I think I think he would have gone no, into state. Last yeah. Year. Um, so I reckon Clark, if he's going, if he's going to a club that you're getting a second round of for, because he's going to win a premiership, it's going to be higher up. It's going to be you know like a forty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Geelong, uh, maybe Geelong. <laughs> well, well, when you consider... 12 months ago, you said, yes, it's Stengel, thank God. Tyson Stengel's come along. Oh, my God, yeah. When you consider that all we were, all we were going to get last year in the potential moves for him or Chad was the shift from the 26 to 17, uh, again, whether it's moving up the order in one of our higher picks... Or I don't think we're going to get that much for him. So well, the let's, drop the, will... let's drop the nugget here. We all want to the Thursday night. The Hawthorne apparently are talking to West Coast about a deal to move up and take West Coast pick. So they're going to have to fight. They're going to need some uh, picks to satisfy. I don't know the, these number of things work, but to move from seven to two or to 
two or three, whatever it's going to end up being, um, you know, they're going to need some currency. So Luke Bruce is the sort of player that could be the currency. Could get a pick that helps support them move up the draft a little bit. Is Daniel Howe available? <laughs> I think not. <laughs> but that's the thing with Bruce. Like, he's, it's only a small kind of pool of clubs that I think he'd be prepared to move to in that. You know, so so that that's a big factor in this. Um, well, based on today, Carlton would be stupid not to pick him up. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I think smarter that makes, footballer than Durden and bloody Owies. Yes, yeah, he he would make a big difference actually to Carlton um, in their in their ambitions to make a final for the first time in what what fifty five years. Um, <laughs> And that would be that would probably be enough for Brad to take out the top tier of Carlton membership. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> got bloody Brad. Um, quickly, your ratings for both of them. I, don't th- I think we talked about them without ratings. Oh, I mean, Gunston is an eight for me. Thought he was just brilliant, and what a nightmare he matchup he would be for defender. He's just so crafty and clever. The smartest part of the ground. Jeez, um, and Bruce, yeah. Five for me, unfortunately. I don't think he had much impact. Number 24, uh, played a good game. Denver Granger, Barras, 10 disposals, seven kicks, three handballs, six marks. Um, he went at 100%, 100% disposal efficiency, which is great for him. He had five contested possessions. He took um, six marks, three contested, three uncontested, 66 metres gained. Um, I just want to say, I mean, you guys do the rankings, but I thought it was clearly the most comfortable he's looked at AFL level. I thought he had the better of Cody Waitman for the most part, who he played on it, certainly in the second half. Um, I don't know how the back line's going to come together next year because you've, um, you've got to put Frost and Jacker into the mix somehow. So I've no clue how it all looks uh, in, in seven months' time. But I thought he did himself no harm today with a pretty good game. He looked... He seemed to have time and space and fewer brain fades. Yeah, I definitely think this was exactly what was needed going into an off-season to get the fans that are beating the, the jungle drums to just relax a little bit. He also actually had... So James Blank had the most spoils on the ground with 10 and he had the second most with seven. So... Um, oh, you know, his punching, his reading of the play again was fantastic today. Happy to crash into packs, force contests, did the job on Waitman. Um, and, yeah, I think th- that conversation about it's a nothing game and there's nothing to get out of it and we've got our eight wins and all of that sort of stuff, this was one of the exact examples of what you can get out of a total dead dead rubber. He was fantastic. I gave him an eight, thought he fitted in beautifully. And um, yeah, hopefully it keeps a few people quiet for another another small period of time. Number 25 for Hawthorne is the future managing partner of uh, Mallison's. His name is Josh Ward at 24 disposals. You're supposed to laugh at that joke, boys. <laughs> I was on mute. <laughs> 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 24 disposals, uh, 17 marks, uh, 17 kicks, 7 handballs. It's late at the end of a long season. Uh, five tackles, uh, 71% disposal efficiency. He had 10 contested possessions. He had four turnovers, five intercept possessions. 
325 metres gain. What else did he do in terms of centre bounce intensity? He had 12. That's more than Tom Mitchell. Um, again, it's been a terrific last six weeks of the season for Josh Ward. Um, one of our ilk who's not on the uh, on the podcast this evening says he's vanilla and will offer no more than Zach Merritt. But he's had a pretty good finish of the season. Who said that? Who do you reckon? Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I just look at Josh Ward and think, when he, you know, his last last sort of running games, you just see a future captain in in him. And I hate to, I hate to put the moz on a young young player like that, but he's just got all of the tools to be an absolute star of the competition. Um, and I just love the way he's track, tracking. And but for those injuries this year, he probably would have been in the in in the sort of top five or something of the of the rising stars. So I think it shows how much faith Sammy Mitchell has in him that he's tending 12 centre bounces um, in his first year and with the preseason under his belt, he's he's gonna be a a, a real um, I think I think next year is going to be a big year for him um, already. So yeah, great game today. Um, Really good decision making as usual, um, and I'm going to give him a seven. Speaking of um, Josh Ward, his best mate Ned Long, who apparently has been playing footy with since they were both ten years old in the same team, made his debut for Hawthorne. Had eleven disposals. He had seven marks, one tackle. He did not score. Eighty-two percent disposal efficiency. Three contested possessions. He had five turnovers. No intercept possessions. Two score involvements. All these mark, uh, one contested mark, 303 metres gained. Um, did not have a centre bounce attendance. But, Andrew, it would be fair to say, as we like to say on debut, looked comfortable at the level. Very much so. And what I find interesting, so 11 touches in the overall scheme of things isn't, isn't a huge number of touches, but 11 touches off the back of seven marks so, you know, that, that shows that he's able to win his own ball because he ran and got himself into positions where he was able to, um, you know, to mark and then, and then get those touches. So absolutely looked comfortable at it. Um, you mentioned earlier in terms of the, the height factor and, and we're going to need a player of his ilk in that midfield rotation as we, as we move forward and, yeah, it was it was a pretty good debut. I'm just I, I would have given him a six, but Daz just gave Josh Ward a seven. So that, I mean that that doesn't 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 feel right. Uh, Ward's massive unders there, I must say. But yeah, I, I give him a six. Um, looked really good in terms of fitting in, and just good to blood another young kid. Connor McDonald has had a really consistent first year for the Hawks. Fifteen disposals. Six marks, uh, zero tackles, 80% disposal efficiency, 13, uh, two, contest, two contested possessions. He had um, 311 metres gain, six contested marks, as I said. Um, he had no set of bounce attendances. Someone who's going to be a midfielder at some stage, uh, I thought he might have had a bit of time in the guts. Uh, Daz, what do you think? 
Yeah, um, I, I like the look of the team when he's in. I think when he, when he didn't play last week, he just kind of noticed his absence. He adds a bit of class around the ball. Um, I don't think it was his best game today. And I think there were times where he, he was maybe a bit kind of sloppier than he, he usually is. But, um, you know, Carlson probably could have used him out there today. And I think they were pretty keen on him, on drafting him at the end of the year. Um, and I, I think the fact that the rising star, it's just, the, the system is so broken when someone like Conor McDonald plays 19 pretty consistent games in his first year, becomes a fixture of the side um, and can't get a nomination because he doesn't have some breakout freak outlier high possession game. Um, so to me, the system's really broken because I, I think he's been a massive success story of that, of that draft and he's going to develop really nicely alongside Josh Ward in that, in that midfield contingent of the future. So going to give him a, going to give him a six. 32 for Hawthorne. Andrew is Finn McGlove McGuinness. Nine disposals, four kicks, five handballs, one mark, three tackles, did not score. 78% disposal efficiency, four contested possessions, um, 35 metres gained. Um, had to gain a lot when your job is to negate somebody else. We feel, we feel that he had Bailey Smith for three quarters. In the last quarter, who did he have? No, it's on the commentary that he moves off Smith. Yeah, Libba. Libba in the last quarter, which probably was a great learning experience for him. Um, he had zero set of bounces, Tennyson. So again, he wouldn't have got to deliver at set of bounces, but picked him up afterwards. The confidence finally worked out his job is he doesn't line up in the midfield. He doesn't line up if he's whoever he's tagging, if they're in the center square, he doesn't start them at the bounce. He picks them up first possession, sort of after the bounce. So they finally cottoned onto his how he operates today. Um, what do you make of his game? Well, firstly, I mean, I was shocked initially at the amount of respect that was given to him in the telecast pre-game. And we've obviously been talking about what an unbelievable job he's been doing for the last four or five weeks. And um, Ash, you, you've mentioned previously that Unfortunately, he's, he he missed the boat for a for a nomination, but would have been. Well, he could today was his last chance because he'll be too yeah. old next year. Yeah, but so as in you know that that would have been sufficient recognition, but but that wasn't given. So then on the telecast, you know, to hear them talking about who he's going to go to with all of the options of Bulldogs players with graphics of who's Finn going to tag, like that was a talking point as part of the pregame just before kick, just before the first bounce. So, you know, to see that, I'm looking at that going, okay, that there's an extra element of respect finally that's coming to his game. He did an absolutely brilliant job on Smith. I think Smith had um, maybe 16 to, 16 to three quarter time and Libba finished the game with 18. So I'm not sure exactly what the figures were combined but he's done another number again um and that probably also accentuates just how bad um just how much more we got smashed in in our midfield when he's been able to take take smith out of the game and, and those numbers are still there um really really brilliant finish to the season i hope it doesn't turn out 
uh, I, I hope his progression continues at the start of next year. We were pretty bullish about um, Connor Nash in the same way for the last sort of four or five games at the end of last season. Um, but he's become a beauty, uh, did another great job, and I gave him an eight out of ten. He's a better player than Connor Nash, or he'll be a better player than Connor Nash, I think. Jay's Blake, um, seven disposals, two marks, four tackles, um, 100% disposal efficiency. He had two contested possessions. He took uh, two marks, none of them were contested. 69 metres gained. I mean, he was pretty much playing as the key back. Uh, they had a few, uh, he was matched up on. Uh, Norton for a bit. He was matched up on Darcy for a bit when I pushed Darcy forward. Darcy's going to be a very good player, obviously. Sam Darcy from Bulldogs. Um, but it's been, considering he was a mid-season draftee, uh, his progress has been remarkable and it's been a good season for him. If Perhaps not the best game he's played so far for Hawthorne today. You yeah. said it was his best? No, it wasn't his best. No, no. 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 Definitely not his best, but yeah, just tracking along beautifully. I think we've found a player um, in in blank, and I mean that that really to to just find a key position player like that in the mid season draft um, is just a massive win for the club, really. Um, and he's going to grow week to week. He's going to learn from that experience. I think he was I think he was pretty good on Norton and Bigelhagen. I think only. Darcy was the one that really gave him trouble, but I think Darcy's going to give a lot of people trouble um, in terms of that matchup. So, um, yeah, decent decent game for for Blank, and he looks very comfortable at the level, and he's got a his disposal is is actually really really good. He always takes a really good option by foot, so um, it's a it's a solid six for me. Uh, Jack Mighty Mouse Saunders in his first game for the football club, seven disposals, kicked a goal, one mark, one tackle, 86% disposal efficiency. Probably ran out of petrol tickets, I think, in the second half, you would say, but he was uh, a bright start, a beautiful piece of play out on the wing where he sort of handballed to himself and used that to scoop past Bulldogs' opponent, kicked that lovely goal on the run on debut for a goal and was probably uh, missed out in the second one when a player, one of his teammates didn't pass to him. We mentioned earlier in the podcast, who can't remember who that was. Um, but a 138 metres game, and looking at the stats, Andrew, a pretty, uh, I don't know, he, he bought a line for the list next year, I would think, but if he only ever plays one game for Hawthorne, it, was, it wasn't a bad one. That's it. Absolute borderline, because I think in the first, half he showed absolutely all of the elements and there are a couple of times the goal he read the goal off the pack crumbing it beautifully running in and wasn't the greatest kick um but still slotted it and you know we talked about seven touches so one of them was that goal two of them were the handball to himself and then the next possession uh so they're three of his seven touches and was basically unseen in the second half so Actually, it's interesting because through the first quarter and the second with those bits of play on our WhatsApp group, it was very much uh, give him a contract uh, through the second half, got absolutely nowhere near it. And I think, um, you know, the comparisons to Dylan Moore, Moore smashed it in that last game against the Gold Coast that got him the contract. But I think he will be very much wait and see 
wait and see who else is available, wait and see what happens in free agency. I don't think he did enough for them to get, you know, be, be flying back home tonight with someone saying to him, don't worry, it's all good. Here's, here's your, your year or here's your contract. I think he'll be a hold and wait and see how other spots on the list pan out. Um, but as you said, Ash, if, if that's the one game that he played, there'll, there'll be a couple of good memories and it'll be a good good game to have played for him. I mean, you think Carl Amon comes in and takes his, you know, he, he, he goes behind Carl Amon in the pecking order straight away for next year. Yeah, but if you're losing someone like Luke Bruce, who we talked about, uh, and you want uh, Dylan Moore to be playing more through the midfield, um, again, when we talk about squad depth and not necessarily as a winger, but as a as a half forward or a, a smaller forward that can push up, there's potentially a spot there for him. Uh, I think... I really think, and and Daz, you might have something to say because he's been one of your faves, certainly at Box Hill level. I think it's really actually just going to come down to who we've got, who's available, what's out there in the juggle of the list through even post-draft heading into sort of supplement, su- supplement you know, that top-up period. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's he's got it's a, a big... <laughs> he's got he's got a big final series coming up for Box Hill. Um, you know, could just be one game because they don't have the double chance. But um, I think when you look at the two who he's kind of vying for a list spot up against, which is Seamus Mitchell and, and Downey from that sort of fringe crew, I think he's done a lot more than those two. And I know they've had a lot of injury um, issues over the past couple of years, but um, Saunders to me, he just shows a lot of energy and um, he shows a, a real willingness to, to get involved every game. Um, he, and I don't think it's fair to kind of say that he had a, he faded in the second half. I think he actually, the ball just didn't come down the ground. I think it was just getting absolutely, we're getting monstered in the midfield. It was just get, getting smashed into our forward line constantly. So I really hope he gets another go. Um, and I hope you're listening, Sam Mitchell, and you make that decision. Number 44 for Hawthorne, lastly, is uh, John Newcomb. And John Newcomb had uh, 16 disposals. He had three marks, five tackles, 62% disposal efficiency, seven contested possessions. He had three goal assists, five score involvements, 350 metres gained, 18 centre bounce attendances. Yeah, I was actually quite shocked to hear that he had only, you know, 16 touches, but I think he, the, the difference between Jai and I don't want to keep beating up on Tom Mitchell, but the difference is that Jai is always trying to do something really positive with the, with the footy and trying to move us forward. And his delivery into the Ford 50 is, is amazing. These bullet passes, these, I think he just kind of just has that unique ability to change his kick at the last minute, um, lower his eyes and, and find a target in the Ford 50, and I think that's something Tom Mitchell has kind of struggled to do, um, not maybe in his career, to be honest. And, yeah, I think I think Jai is the future, and it wasn't his best game, but just an incredible body of work he's put together this year and just did not see him coming on, like, 
like he has. So it's going to be scary to see how good he can be next year. Um, and I just want to mention one other player. Carl Amon today had 31, uh, last night had 31 disposals for Port Adelaide. He's finished the year for them really well. Um, he had 19 against Essendon, 21 against Richmond, 26 against Collingwood, 25 against Geelong, 25. So he's a player of character, I think, if he's got one foot out the door at Port Adelaide. And as the report suggests, he's on his way to Hawthorne. He has had a really good finish to the year at Port Adelaide. He's obviously a man of character because he hasn't chucked it in. and He's given Port Adelaide everything up until the very end, Andrew. Yeah, look, he is. He would be a, a fantastic addition. He'd be an absolutely wonderful addition, especially walking into the club. Uh, he's, I think he's just turned 27, like very, very recently. So he's in a pretty good sweet spot in terms of age and experience. I think on top of that, his last five weeks, Ashley's kicked four goals. So not only has he been able to get a lot of the footy and use it, he's been able to finish. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's a very good footballer. Um, I think he would be a, an un, unreal addition. And through free agency, if we've talked about the need for a ruck, if we got an extra mature ruck and Amon, and they're the two players that come this season, I think that would be a pretty good a pretty good uh, haul in terms of free agency before hitting the draft. Yeah, 31 disposals, um, five marks, three tackles, kicked a goal, seven contested possessions, uh, seven, seven intercept possessions, seven score involvements. Um, so it's a, a 520 metres gained as well. So it's a pretty good last game for Port Adelaide. So um, if he does come to Hawthorne, I think they're getting a player who will walk in to a side and be uh, be a very important player from day one. Finally, the coach, um, I commend anybody to watch the Hawthorne press conference if you haven't already, because it opened with an opening statement from Sam Mitchell about the year and what a great year he thinks it's been and everybody's singing from the same so uh, song sheet at Hawthorne. Has already been interpreted in some quarters, uh, Daz, as a com specialist, as a complete up yours to Essendon. It's <laughs> 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 um, saying, okay, well, we're going compared to how you're going. Um, but we'll talk more extensively on the spaces the next few weeks and some of the articles we're going to do now that the season's over about the coach and the year. But uh, at, at another reasonable day, he kept it, found a way to make it uh, competitive for a lot of the day. Yeah, he did. And I, I really didn't expect that performance, to be honest. I think we would have, part of me was like, oh, we, we had a bit of an experimental side in and he, you know, did, did some weird things last week against the Tigers. And, um, but we were really competitive today. And that is a really good Bulldog side and um, finals bound side. And I don't think we're far off. Um, Eight wins is more than I expected, more than any of us expected. And uh, for a side that's rebuilding to finish above, who do we finish above? The, you know, the Giants and obviously Essendon, um, I think just, just shows how good we've been this year. And you know what? Draft position's awesome, but winning is pretty great too. And, and, and teaching these kids how to win, I think, is just as important. 
I think as well, Ash, uh, 12, 12 months ago, I mean, he was in the furnace. Still remember, you know, doing the week, the Jared Waitley, um, that initial one-on-one with him and like it was relentless and we were copying it and it was our version of being a basket case. It was just a tiny moment in time. And when you look at all the teams around us, you look at North Melbourne, you look at the Giants, you look at the Bombers, you look at um, what Port supporters think of Ken Hinckley at Port Adelaide. You look at Ratton getting an extension at St Kilda and they're going through another full end of season review. Like these are the teams around us. And then you look at Sammy and you look at our coaching at our coaching department and like we're in an incredible, incredible place from an off-field point of view a year after the the schmuzzle that was that handover. Yeah, I think the uh it's been a, a great appointment and you just know that the team's in very, very safe hands. I mean, if you, I commend the Kane Corns interviews every second Friday in SEN. He has a great talent. I think, I think he's convinced a hard-ass like Corns that he's got something special. I think Corns was a major sceptic at the start of the year, but I think uh, that he's warmed to Mitchell over the course of the years and uh, the lid sites he drops into Harry coaches and onto the team, uh, sort of mandatory listening if you're a Hawthorne person. So I think he's had a good, uh, a very good season today. He had a pretty good day at the office, not perfect, but um, I think given the cattle he had out there, I mean, I think I saw something nine players with 32 games or less out there today. That's a pretty, pretty young raw team. So they were mildly competitive for a long time. That is it. I'm giving a thumbs up as if I think the Chelsea game's starting pretty soon. So I think we need to get a move on. That has been our final player review podcast for 2022. We thank everybody for the interest they have shown in these and the great feedback we get. And the, firstly, the where is it messages we get if it doesn't come quickly enough. And secondly, I can't believe you guys over or underrated this particular player. So we thank everyone for their support. Over the year, I think it was a good idea to move this from an article to a podcast. As your idea or was it whose idea was that? It was yours, Andrew. I'm going to claim it. <laughs> right, time, yeah. So no, we thank everyone for that. The spaces will continue. We'll be doing one Thursday night, probably fortnightly through September, and then certainly more regularly through the trade or the player acquisition period, which hopefully will have some sort of role in. Um, we've got a whole lot of articles we're going to start our sort of exit survey articles in the next day or so as well so wrap up the season in different ways while it's still pretty fresh in our mind before we turn our attention to next season so thank you everyone for your support of hawks insiders thank you andrew thanks ash another good one and looking forward to uh wrapping up the season with some articles and then spaces or listening to you guys on Spaces for Thursday night. Yeah, you both are banning me this Thursday night. It's going to be run the bloody thing and uh, keep all those uh, weird dudes out who try to get on to talk as well. So <coughs> wish me wish me luck with that one. Uh, $5 a month, $50 a year is great value for Hawks Insiders. We think we're going to have lots of content coming to you over the course of the off-season, which for a lot of people, it all starts now. The, the interest might be more interesting in the next uh, six weeks at Hawthorne than has been for the last three months. So... Thanks, everyone. We will talk to you again on the spaces on Thursday night and ongoingly thereafter. And thanks again for your interest in our player review pods for 2022. Good night. Have a good week.